good Monday morning. It is episode 76 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C, L-E underscore D-U-B. Hope everyone's having a good Monday morning. We got to run through a few things, NBA playoffs, WNBA action, uh, and some other um, odds and ends from the world of sports. First off, we start in the world of horse racing. So the final jewel of the Triple Crown will go off on this upcoming Saturday. It is Belmont Stakes Week. The 153rd running for the Carnations post time has been adjusted earlier. I think I reported a few episodes ago post time was reported about 635. They've moved it up or at least has now been reported that post time will be 649 on Saturday. The field has roughly about nine horses. The favorites, three favorites, Essential Quality at 7-2, to two, Hot Rod Charlie at 9-2, to two, and Ron Bauer, the winner of the Preakness at 5-1. to one. So it's going to be interesting to see their position. So, you know, smaller field. If you recall, the Kentucky Derby had, I believe, about 20 horses. So you've seen that field shrink considerably down to the final race. And this has been, dare I say, an unusual year in horse racing in that typically if all things had gone the way you know they should have gone um we probably would have seen a fairly large field if we had a triple crown winner or a potential triple crown winner um now also the other piece to that is certain um uh, horse trainers and owners decided to pull their their horse from the Preakness. So again, even if that were the case, I mean, we're still awaiting uh, adjudication on the Bob Baffert case. Um, you know, is his, did his horse, was his, will his horse be suspended, which means it'd be, it'd be bourbonic, if I recall correctly, would be the winner of the, um, of the, uh, of the Kentucky Derby. But nevertheless, we'll, we still have some time to, um, uh, figure that out or know what's going to happen with that. Um, I believe California, they are kind of not, you know, the California Racing Commission, they are going to take a wait and see approach on Bob Baffert. <clears throat> Essentially, are they going to, you know, ban him, suspend him, whatever? They're going to wait uh, for the adjudication of the, the, the current case that's occurring in Kentucky. All right, uh, NBA playoffs, Saturday. So results, Bucks 120-103 over the Heat. So they sweep the series 4-0. And kind of as I thought, I think many people kind of thought it was going to go that way. I mean, the Bucks, as I said, they're just looking like they're ready to win this thing. But again, more challenges await as they move through um, the Eastern Conference uh, side of the playoffs. Trailblazers 115-95 of the Nuggets. The series is tied to a piece. 76ers 132-103 of the Wizards, so they have a 3-0 lead. Jazz 121-111 over the Grizzlies with a 2-1 lead. Yesterday, Hawks over Knicks 113-96. Atlanta leads 3-1. Trey Young 27 points, 9 assists. John Collins 22 points and 8 rebounds for Atlanta. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 23 points and 10 rebounds. Game 5 Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden. Sons of the Lakers, 192. Now, this game was out of control. The Suns were just really giving it to the Lakers. Number one, the Lakers could not find the basket. They couldn't hit the side, the broad side of a barn in this game. 
Um, Three-point shooting for both teams wasn't very good, <laughs> but the field goal percentage, the Lakers shot 39.5% from the field. That's not good at all. Uh, LeBron James, 25 points, total rebounds. The Suns had six players and double figures. So, again, Lakers couldn't figure out how to put the ball in the basket, but evidently the Suns could. Chris Paul, who uh, Monty Williams wanted to hold him out of this game, Chris Paul said, there's no way in hell I am not playing this game. And he finishes with 18 points and nine assists in this contest. Um, Clippers over the Mavericks, 106-81. This series is tied to a piece. Well, look at this. The Clippers have found a little bit of life. Who knew? Well, let, let's see what happens. I mean, can they come back and finish the deal? Because, again, they were on the ropes big time, badly, and they have now stormed back here. Kawhi Leonard, 29 points for the Clippers, and Luka Doncic, 19 for the Mavericks. The Nets, 141-126 over the Celtics. The, the Brooklyn Nets lead this series three games to one. So I saved this one for last because, well, there was controversy. Um, Kevin Durant, 42 points. Kyrie Irving, 39 points, 11 rebounds. Jason Tatum led Boston with 40. So two things here. So Kyrie Irving was observed stomping on the Celtics logo and kind of wiping his foot as he walks off the court. And then a fan threw a water bottle at him. He missed. And uh, Irving and one of his teammates pointed at the stands. Of course, the fan, you know, when he's approached, he looks like, I didn't do anything. And he was arrested. So um, I I really don't know how to, how to even address this because again, um, if this were a situation where this fan just decided I'm going to throw a bottle of this guy, that's one thing. I'm not saying that what he did was right. It was wrong because, again, we, we had a whole, you know, check our last episode, a whole show where I talked about fans behaving badly. And then this just seems to really be um, a theme. And I think Kevin Durant kind of touched on this in this postgame interview where he said, you know, I understand people. Um, are just getting out of the house. People are acting crazy, but y'all need to calm down. As a matter of fact, this was the first game at TD Garden that the Celtics had a capacity crowd. Well, the Celtics, the Boston organization had a full crowd, so they had a sellout. But what they did was, I think, the first two or three rows around the court were left empty. So they had a full crowd. So again, I think they, I think the night or two before, a few nights ago, the Bruins had a pretty full crowd. Uh, I think they had the largest uh, attendance for an NHL game since the pandemic. So again, you know, Massachusetts is uh, opening things back up, and you know, and 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 that's kind of part of it. You know, we're seeing people, like I said, behaving badly. And here's another example now. Was that spurned on by this local stomping? Probably. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I've been seeing this on social media, people link the two pieces. I mean, look, if you're going to talk about how a fan base or certain members of a fan base, let me say that, have wronged you, okay, fine. If you're expecting this horrific response, Okay, but why would you 
do something that is seen as being disrespectful. Because we all remember, most of you remember, you know, the the Terrell Owens situation with the Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys and the star. So we all remember that. So again, I know, and it's a logo. I get it. I mean, me personally, I'm kind of like, okay, it's a, it's a logo. I don't know, whatever. But nevertheless, um, wrong is wrong. Both sides are wrong. Um, right now, it looks like the Nets may not have to go back to Boston. Let's hope. But this is not going to be the end of it. We're, we're going to, I mean, outside of the fact that we're going to talk about fan behavior because I, I don't know why something is telling me that this is not going to end anytime soon. Like I feel like some more fans are going to do something stupid. That That's one thing. But this whole Boston versus Kyrie versus, you know, the, the, the organization and kind of their view on it because, you know, I spoke on Danny Ainge and I uh, found a tweet the other day that, you know, Danny Ainge essentially in so many words said, you know, what he endorsed Mitt Romney at one point. Then he said, <clears throat> oh, well, um, I don't I don't trust I don't listen to players who take such a view of I mean, in so many words. I don't trust players who take this, quote, Hollywood elitist view of the world and so on and so forth. So kind of to my point from last show, okay, so you played in the city in the 80s. You've been with the team, I mean, probably the last 15, 20 years. I don't remember. But yet you don't take the word of one of your own players who can tell you that they have experienced some sort of racism and discrimination. They've been called, you know, the N-word or something to that nature, whatever, whatever the situation may be. And in essence, isn't that that single event, doesn't that represent in some essence the difference between the black experience and everyone else's experience? Because if I tell you I've experienced certain things, you know, if I'm talking, you know, I've had these conversations and I'll say, yeah, I've had that happen to me or yeah, 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 that's common. And you get the random white person or even someone you may know or you think you know will tell you, oh, that's not how it is, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, wait, 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 I'm telling you my experience. Why aren't you paying attention to that? Instead of trying to tell me that that's not America, which we know it is, you're going to just kind of push off to the side, like, oh, no, 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 that's not how it is. Well, you know, again, that's par for the course for where we are as a society. <clears throat> um, WNBA, let's move on. Uh, we had three games on Sunday. Uh, the L.A. Sparks beat the Chicago Sky in overtime, 82-79. Neka Agumake, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Erica Wheeler, 17 points, 7 assists, 3 steals. Los Angeles was down 17 and rallied to win this game in overtime. Courtney Vandersloot for Chicago, 28 points, which is now her new career high, along with 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Chicago is on a 4-game losing streak. The Aces over the Indiana Fever, 101-78. Derrica Hamby, 22 points. Liz Cambage, double-double with 13 points, 13 rebounds, and five blocks. Victoria Vivian, 17 points for the Fever. Uh, the Lynx over the Sun, 79-74 in overtime. Sylvia Fowles, 24 points, nine rebounds. Alicia Clayton in her first game with Minnesota, 12 points. John Quell Jones had 22 points for Connecticut. Um, in news from the WNBA, Dan Hughes 
Uh, he retires as the head coach of the Storm, so he is two-time uh, WNBA Coach of the Year. He uh, led them to a championship, and <clears throat> he built the 2020 team that just is currently defending champs. I believe there was a medical issue that del- that belayed him from going to the bubble last year, so he was a part of the team, but he was not the coach of the team. Um, the team is currently 5-1. and one. He said that the team is in great shape. He felt it was time to step aside. So taking over will be Noel Quinn. She is a former Storm player and current assistant, so she will continue the legacy in uh, Seattle. So congratulations to her and all the best to Dan Quinn on his, I'm sorry, Dan Hughes rather, on his retirement from the WNBA as a head coach. Um, moving on to auto racing. So two big races yesterday as we are in Memorial Day Memorial Day mode here. We're finishing up the weekend. Helio Castro Neves wins the Indianapolis 500 and he joins Elite Company. He wins the race for the fourth time. He joins such names. These are big names in the world of auto racing, especially on the open wheel IndyCar side. A.J. Foyt, Al Unser Sr., and Rick Mears. Rick Mears is the last person to join the four-win club. He last won in 1991, and ESPN um, had an article <laughs> about the race and basically said that these three uh, Foyt, Unser Sr., and Mears had a meeting. They got together and they all took a picture around the the Borg Warner Trophy, which is given to the winner of the Indianapolis 500. And they all joked. You know, someone joked, "Well, I don't think anyone's going to join this 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 club uh, anytime soon." And Rick Mears said, "Well, we got one guy in the field who could do it this year." And sure enough, Hilo Castro Neves wins the Indianapolis. 500 and becomes the fourth four-time winner of the race. Congratulations to him. He's always been a really good racer. Um, I, I remember him from, um, I used to watch a lot of IndyCar. I haven't watched it in a while, but um, I mean, he is a competitor and, um, and and sometimes he just comes out of nowhere and will just win a race. So it's great to see him uh, win this race, but to win it for four times is just um, you know, mind-boggling in some respects, but historic because, again, as they talked about amongst the then three-time, three, four-time winners, they were like, mm, it's going to be hard to make this club, but Halo Castro Neves made it look easy. Um, in Charlotte, the Coca-Cola 600, Kyle Larson finishes first, wins, the, wins that race, and in doing so, gets the 269th win for Hendrick Motorsports. So that is now a NASCAR record. So they are the winningest team in NASCAR. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Hendrick, Hendrick Motorsports uh, as we finish up a, uh, a pretty busy weekend. So for those of you who actually watch the Indianapolis 500 and then the Coca-Cola 600, I, I applaud you, and I hope you have a great restful day because that's a lot of racing to watch in one day. But we'll um, we'll um, um, but enjoy the day. Hopefully, you don't have to work today. Um, let's move over to uh, quickly some Olympic sports here um, briefly. And actually, I have another NBA note that I forgot about, but I'll kind of segue into that. Um, the Olympics this year are debuting three-on-three basketball as a new sport. So we 
fielded teams for both men's and women. The men's three-on-three team failed to qualify. They lost to the Netherlands. However, the women's team, they qualified. They won over Spain. So the members of the team, Katie Lou Samuelson, Stephanie Dolson, Alicia Gray, and Kelsey Plum, and head coach Carol Lawson will be heading to Tokyo to represent the United States uh, in the three-on-three basketball uh, competition. So congratulations to them. Um, I mean, it, 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 it looks like an interesting concept, so I'm, I'm interested to know a little bit more about it. I do know that um, Carol Lawson as coach is more of a – well, as a coach when they practice, but when they play, she's not allowed to coach. And I'm sure for someone like Carol Lawson, who, you know, she's the head coach at the head coach at Duke, I'm sure that's hard because, you know, a basketball coach does what? They coach during the game. So to kind of have to sit there and not do anything or I don't know how it works or is the coach not in the vicinity of the play? I don't know. I'd love to know more about this. I might have to do some research to understand how this works. But I'm sure that that is um, nerve wracking for her. But she has a really good squad here with these four players. So congratulations to them as they move on to the to the Tokyo Olympics. Um, My NBA note, rest in peace to Mark Eaton. So he's a center, a former retired center with the Utah Jazz. He played for the Jazz for 11 seasons. He retired in 1994. Um, if you remember, uh, Mr. Eaton was seven feet, four inches. He is the two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. He led the league in blocks four times and averaged in the 84-85 season 5.6 blocks per game. Now, that is significant. That number, that is the highest average of blocks since the NBA began tracking that stat. I don't know what what point in time the NBA began tracking that stat, but that number still remains as the standard, as the highest average. Um, Also, he averaged three and a half blocks per game. That is the highest in NBA history. His number 53 was the first number to be retired by the Jazz, and he still had a connection with the, with the uh, organization as he was a mentor to Rudy Gobert, who is the second, the other defensive player of the year from the Jazz. So, um, And Rudy Gobert uh, tweeted out his condolences to Mark Eaton's family. So apparently um, he was bicycling, and um, they think the cause of death was <clears throat> due to a bike crash. He was 64. Rest in peace to Mark Eaton and condolences to his family. All right. Um, let's see. Last piece. Last two pieces here. So actually, I'll talk French Open last. I don't have any results. The first round just ended. Um, I'm sure that we'll kind of update French Open as what we started yesterday. So I'm sure most of the first round will be done today. So we'll review French Open. Maybe I might do a short episode to review French Open midweek. Um, and then we'll kind of review where we are at the end of the week. Um, but there are some big off-court news for the French Open I'll get to in just a second. Um, today, the college lacrosse final will be played. So on the women's side, Boston College won over Syracuse yesterday. Today, the men will play their final 13-4 and four, Virginia, the fourth seed and defending national champs. 
They will play the third seed Maryland, who are 5th, 15-0 on the season. This will be the 93rd meeting between the two former ACC rivals, so I kind of think of it as the border war. Um, they last met in 2019. Maryland has a 47 to 45 advantage over the Wahoos. Um, Virginia won a squeaker over North Carolina on Saturday in the semifinal, 12 to 11. That was a really good game, um, and and it just and it and it always trips me out how you can have two semifinal games, and it's rare in any sport where both semifinal games are really good. The first game I watched it, I started to, I did something else, came back, looked at a little bit of the uh, second semifinal, and Maryland was just all over Duke. They beat Duke 14-5. to um, So you got a meeting of two titans in the game, Virginia, six-time national champs, and as I mentioned, the defending champs, their third all-time behind Syracuse and Johns Hopkins, or Johns Hopkins and Syracuse in that order. Um Maryland has three national titles. They are sixth all time. So nine national championships between these two programs. That game, the national title from Rensselaer Field in East Hartford will be 1 p.m. today on ESPN2. I'm going to try to tune in. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Virginia handles this because uh, Maryland has a excellent, excellent player, one of the better players. And I uh, was it Jared. Oh, my gosh, I forgot his name. Um, excellent, excellent player. Um uh, playing for them, um, um, and one of the reasons they're fifteen and zero, so um, that's going to be a good one, I think. Lastly, French Open. So I mentioned, not gonna, don't have any scores for you, but let's review and go back to Naomi Osaka. So in the last show, I talked about Naomi Osaka's decision to not give press conferences. So she won her opening match. She did give a brief on court interview um and i think kind of one of the one of the takeaways from that interview was she said she's working her clay game but she was very dominant in her win um however she was fined fifteen thousand dollars now here's the thing um my initial research on this i was under the impression that this was from the french tennis federation however the fine and the admonishment to come came from all four of the um, Grand Slams. So when she made the announcement that she was not going to give press conferences, she received a message from the, so from basically all four Grand Slams, I guess they have a committee or whatever. I don't know how it works, but anyway, she got a letter from uh, a letter representing all four Grand Slams. That'd be Australian, French, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. They basically warned her. They said that, you know, if you do not get press conferences, you will be fined. She was fined. The next warning after the fine basically said that she could potentially be defaulted from the tournament if she continues to not um, talk to the press. And uh, per this warning and this, you know, this admonishment, she essentially uh, was they were given she they gave her two essentially uh Articles from the code of conduct, the player code of conduct. So essentially, she's got to do it and yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm very interested to see how this is going to go. And the reason I say that is, so is she going to relent and sit through the press conferences, you know, um, a.k.a. Marshawn Lynch, I'm here so I don't get fined or I'm here so I don't get booted from the tournament or will she stand her ground and 
see what happens. And if they boot her from the tournament, they boot her from the tournament. But then the question is this, how does that affect the bottom line for this tournament? In other words, will we see the ratings for the tournament go down? Will we see ticket, not ticket sales, but will we see ticket holders decide, well, I'm here to see one of the best players. I mean, she's, you know, not the only draw here. There are other top players in this tournament, but she is, you know, a a player that is a focal point, not just for her play, but for what she brings to the table as far as her speaking out on social issues. Um, You know, I I think she's a very, um, I may have said this before, she's a very um, unlikely hero. She is in the spotlight, but I don't think she likes the spotlight. She, you know, every time she wins, she's very humble. She's very, you know, okay, I won, you know, let's not make a big deal out of it. You know, she's, she's kind of in that way. Um, but will they make that decision? Because she is one of the bigger draws here. And then if they were to pull the trigger, then how does she proceed from here? In other words, will she say, okay, at Wimbledon, I have to do this. Or will she say, well, I'm not coming to Wimbledon, you know, and then how does that affect, what's the domino effect moving forward? Um, These are very tough decisions that she has to make, but I feel like, and I don't have any answers or clues or thoughts as to what she's going to do. But if she is as adamant about, maintaining her mental health if she is if she is as adamant about you know trying to get the press to understand that you know the same question over and over or different variations of the same question isn't really the way to go it just doesn't make sense then you know um you know maybe she just continues this i don't know or you know maybe she just she goes this way and then lets the chip fall as they may but this is definitely going to be a story that is going to continue to develop over the next uh, few days um, as the tournament just gets kicked off on uh, yesterday. All right, y'all. So it's about uh, about 26 minutes in. So Mondays seem to be, I don't know, seem to be um, kind of the recap, um, the beginning of the week here. And then as we get closer into the week, we kind of talk about what's happening and and you know how I, you know, the way I know that something's going to pop off this week. I mean, not bad, but, you know, um, NBA playoffs still happening, fans acting crazy. Um, Naomi Osaka is going to be a continuing story. What's going to happen there? Um, but when it happens, where it happens, if it happens, I'm going to try to bring it to you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Um, please share, like, um, <clears throat> tell a friend. Um, I have a buy me a coffee site, please support if you can, you know, don't have to, but it'd be helpful for me to try to, you know, improve some of the technology and some of the things I'm doing with the show to help me to bring you more guests and, you know, just kind of more things, um, you know, can got some more things coming to you very soon. So please keep a lookout for that. Um, so hopefully you are having a great day whenever you listen to this. I appreciate you. And, as we are in the throes of trying to get back to normalcy. I, as I always do, urge you, if you haven't, get vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, take care of yourself. Um, Do what you need to do to stay healthy. 
Um, if you're feeling uncomfortable about a situation or if you're going, you got to go out, please continue wearing your mask. You know, this vaccine is, you know, it's good, but, you know, you got to protect yourself in every way you can. And I would say the weather's hot, but it feels like winter all over again. But make sure that you stay hydrated, drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.